Welcome to the table. As we gather around the table today, um, it is a great day. I'm excited because I got my brother to the right of me. I got my other brother, Kev, to the left of me. But I got my blood brother, Josh, uh, also known to me as Cheech, Cheech Boy Rios. And uh, we are delighted because we got a special guest with us. And I'm just thrilled, man, to, to have uh, you here with us, bro. You want to say a few words, just anything? Cool. I just want to say thank you uh, for allowing me to be here with both of you guys. Um, I know Kevin and I have gotten to some heated discussions before. JK, so, we have. <laughs> it's but, gonna get heated today. <laughs> but we love to talk. We love to talk about God. Um, I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. So thank you for allowing me to be here with you guys. Absolutely, man. We're glad to have you. Uh, what uh, brother wouldn't want to have their brother be part of uh, ministry and doing things together. So it's great. Uh, Kev, we're back at it again. Yep. And uh, we are looking forward to this conversation because uh, we're kind of carrying uh, off and, and piggybacking off of uh, what we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a great, awesome conversation just about what it means to be successful. Uh, we talked about love and uh, we had a great time just exploring um, some similarities between what what uh, these great uh, people in the Bible that we read about, but more specifically uh, when we talk about Warren Buffett mm-hmm. and we talk about Jesus and the essence of, of life it means to love, man, to love and to find success in loving people and getting to the end of the road and having those people that you can count that love you back and that are with you until the end. And so I just thought it would be great for us to really spend some more time digging deeper into uh, the conversation surrounding the great commandment. Uh, we know uh, if you, well, if you, if you are a believer, that uh, Jesus was asked several times um, throughout his lifetime, "What is the essence of the law of God? What's the essence of of the scriptures?" Um, what does it mean to be successful? In fact, that, that was an important question among, among Jesus' day. I mean, everybody wanted to know that. Religious teachers wrestled over that. And so, of course, they want to ask the rabbi Jesus, uh, what is the greatest commandment? And within the Jewish tradition, uh, there are sections of Scripture repeated twice daily to remind each Jewish person of his or her commitment to God. And uh, for thousands of years, observant Jewish parents have taught their children the words of the Shema, which is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. They they would teach them that as soon as they could speak, guys. Jesus likely learned it on Joseph's knee when he was a youngster, too. These same lines have been central to Jewish prayer life since centuries before Jesus was born. So I want to read a passage of Scripture today found in the Gospel of Mark chapter 12. Beginning at verse 28, I want to read this, and I want this to be the launching pad for our conversation today. One of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, the most important is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment than these, than these. 
as Christians who have understood Christ's sacrifice for us, I don't think we have a problem with understanding uh, why loving God with all our hearts is an appropriate thing um, or is an appropriate response. But as we delve into this conversation today, it's the second line that really gets me when it, turn, when it talks about loving God with, with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. That's, that's what I want us to unpack today, um, which is essentially, I think, the most important thing that we, that we can really address and, and we can really talk about. And so I want to I wanna throw out this question, and, and maybe, Kev, um, we'll start with you, and, and then we'll jump over to Josh today. But in what ways is your love for God romantic and passionate? I, I, want us to, I want us to break that down because I think on the one hand, we hear love and we think about that. And is it okay for us to think about God and loving God in a romantic and passionate way? Or are there disadvantages to feeling uh, for God this way, loving God uh, in this way. Uh, what do you think, man? Uh, it's interesting that you asked this question because I don't know if I've ever framed it in that way. Okay. Because um, I, I definitely feel like there is a sense in terms of love, right? When it comes, you know, there's the different types of love that the Bible talks about. Um, you know, eros, phileo, and an agape, right? Phileo being a very friendly, you know, love. Agape being a deep love. Um, and I think, I think, I don't necessarily know how I can answer it in terms of like the, the romantic sense, but I think the, the habit that I see really, that really has impacted the way, you know, I interact with God and my relationship with him is, is setting aside like date time with God, okay. you know, like in this, in the way that people say, set date nights, you know, when, when in their marriage, right, they get busy with, with their week and whatnot, right, they set, they set a night, you know, specifically for for them to spend time together right and i think i think for the most part when we look at our relationship with god we see it very it's it's very simple and it can be very boring because it's so repetitive right you wake up you pray and then you read and that's it you know and you read within the confines of four walls right and that's that's literally how we attribute our spiritual life is i read in the morning and i pray and that is it Right, versus actually bringing some excitement into the relationship with God and actually being able to form different ways in which how you can communicate and interact with him. So I think, you know, when people go out on walks, that, that's with God. I think that's awesome. When people go out to nature, right, um, doing something outside of the norm to spice up that romantic relationship, you know, in that sense to keep, keep the relationship exciting and, and fun because, you know, what relationship with God is... is it shouldn't be something that's tedious. It shouldn't be boring. It should be something that people want to create, you know, and to spark it up, you, you, you have to do something um, to, to really make spirituality yours. Okay. Yeah. Josh, um, what, what do you think, man? Do you, do you think that, is, are there advantages or disadvantages to, to loving God or thinking of love with God as a feeling? Hmm. Yeah, I think, well, I think God is the God who uh, allows us to have feelings, right? Like emotion does come from God. And if I think of anybody uh, in the Bible in terms of being a lover, I think of David. Mm. 
Like that dude wrote Psalms and the way he talked about God or Solomon, right? Solomon writes about God in a very romanticized way, mm -hmm. passionate way. And, but overall, I, I don't know, you know, everyone loves differently and everyone's love language is different. So, uh, you know, how much passion and how much romance is all different, right? Like mm -hmm. there, there are some girls uh, might tell their dude like, yo, I need you to be a little more romantic. I need you to be a little bit more passionate. Are you um, talking about some girls with you, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, he's putting me on blast. Okay, <laughs> uh, but you know, so I think it's I think it's gonna be look different uh, from person to person. I know for myself that the one of the best ways that I I love my love language is quality time, mm. and quality time for me, as Kevin was saying, isn't isn't just about you know waking up, praying, reading. Mine is like going for a walk with God. That's my romantic time, if, if you wanted to put it that way. Um, and in those moments, I think what makes it that romantic and passionate is uh, me being super vulnerable mm. with God. Um, I know there's moments where I've gone on walks, and I, I couldn't count how many times this has happened, but where I'll be walking with God, you know, like let me say late in the evening, and then uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll bring something to read on my phone, and then I have literally felt overwhelmed by the love of God that I literally just start, I lose it. I bawl my eyes out in a way, not in a way that's like sad, but in a way that's just like, this love is so powerful and unexplainable that all I can do is weep right now. Yeah. I actually want to build on that because sure. you said something that, that I thought about a lot is you talked about love languages, right? Yeah. And most of the time, you know, it, it, it was, it's based off of the book, uh, Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, right? He, he does a lot of, uh, he gives a lot of insight on the five love languages within a romantic relationship, right. you know, between married couples. Um, but what I find interesting is we never associate love languages and God. And I think it's a shame because if, if we're talking about love, right, and how we receive love and how we give love, then we definitely need to bring God into that equation because if, if, if my love language is quality time, right, which, which it is, the same as yours, right? So I have to make sure that if I'm going to give love to God and, and allow myself to receive love from God, it has, to, it has to be within the confines of quality time because that's when I feel closest, right? If, if, if my love language is acts of service, right, then serving is a way that you can express your love to God, 100%. right? And and so on and so forth. It gets a little tricky when it's uh, with yeah. physical touches in there, right? Yeah. But I definitely feel like if we really want to, since we talked about going deeper this past mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. this, this past you know past couple of weeks, yeah. if we want to go deeper with God, I definitely feel like that's another uh, another dimension that we can add into into how we go deeper with God is identifying how do I best receive love and how can I best give love. So when I express my love to God, right, this is the, this is the best way to go about it. Yeah, that's good. So maybe spending some time identifying your love language, mm -hmm. which you can actually get on the yep. website. You go to, to fivelovelanguages.com or, or, you know, Gary Chapman. You can actually take the, the test there and it will tell you what your love language yeah. is. And, and I think that's a great observation, being able to identify for your own self what is the best way that you experience love from God or that you experience love from others and that you give love and, and building your relationship around that. Yeah. I think the idea at times is, is you know, we, we've, we've fallen into maybe this lie that, that somehow 
you know, God is in this distant place and God is far away and that somehow we can't experience that same relational love with God like I would with my brother mm -hmm. or with, with my wife, right? Like, I, and I feel like getting beyond that thinking and understanding that God desires to be part of your everyday life and wants to pour out that love to you. And listen, of all the people that you would want to experience love from, it would want to be the one who established love. Yeah. and who gives love and the only reason we know what love is is because of God is because of God I want to read this and I want us to, to continue to unpack this some more about about loving God with I want us to think through now loving God with all our heart soul mind and strength I, I want us to really delve deep into that I was talking to my brother earlier and it was like we talk about this love thing we talk about loving God with everything but what does it actually mean like, what does that actually mean? I, I don't know if we, we spend enough time thinking about that, but obviously it was so important to, uh, to these Jewish believers that they would recite that a couple times a day, and it was part of their life. In the Middle Ages, uh, the famous Jewish philosopher, Mammonides, wrote, what is the love of God that is appropriate? It is to love God with an exceedingly strong love until one's soul is tied to the love of God. Mm. One should be like a person who is lovesick, whose thoughts cannot turn from his love for a particular woman. He's preoccupied with her at all times, whether he is sitting or standing, whether he's eating or drinking, even more intense should the love of God be in the hearts of those who love him, possessing them always as we are commanded with all your heart, and with all your soul. Josh, when you hear those words and when you hear Jesus affirming what was already written in scriptures, what, what, does, that, what does that tell you? What, what do you hear when Jesus instructs his disciples to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, strength? What does that what does that look like to you in your life? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And as you were saying, like, I think in church, we we definitely quote, what's the greatest command? Love mm -hmm. God, right? And love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. And as Reuben was saying, Pastor Reuben was saying, is like, but what does it actually look like? Or what does that actually mean? Because how, how do I love somebody who I cannot see? Mm -hmm. How do I love somebody... I can, I've never heard audibly, right? I haven't, mm -hmm. well, maybe you have, but I've never, you know, I've, I haven't gotten to that level yet. So how does one do that? I know for me, uh, intentional is, is a big thing. And something as simple as, you know, I've prayed, God, help me to love you the way that you love me. Mm -hmm. um, or God, capture my heart, arrest my attention and help me to just to be more in love with you. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like if you, at least starting those type of conversations and planting that seed in your heart, your mind is a good start. And at the same time, I would also say, uh, you know, and I'm sure we'll touch on this uh, another time, but I don't think it's possible to love God without loving others. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they, they, it's a simultaneous act. Like when, when, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you, do you love me? 
Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. The first, when Jesus says, do you love me? He, he tells Peter, do you agape me? And Peter responds, of course, Lord, you know that I phileo you. And then he asks him again, Peter, do you agape me? And he's like, of course, Lord, you know that I phileo you. And then finally, Jesus gets down to Peter's level and he says, Peter, do you phileo me? And he says, of course, Lord, you know, I fillet you. And I, I guess what I'm saying is, I think loving God and loving others is, is progress. It's progressive. It's evolutionary. Mm. Um, and it depends on how love was modeled to me yeah, and how absolutely. love was modeled to you. And uh, so I think we're all just starting from like a different place. And maybe even the idea of falling in love and having a romantic love with God is is a new concept. Mm. It's like, what? That's weird. Like romantic. Oh, that's that's kind of gross having this romantic. But it's because it depends on how things were modeled and, and shown us. And uh, until I can start to see God everywhere, as Ruben was saying, then it's kind of hard to fall in love with somebody who I only take out once a week yeah. on Sabbath. <laughs> Well, I think it's also a matter of learning how to love, mm. right? Um, I, it, it, you brought up a good point about how, you know, it, it's, it's hard to love God if you're not loving others, right? Um, it's also hard to love God when you don't love yourself. Mm, that's good. Right? Um, and definitely, I, it, it, I, to me, it, so there's this conflict in my head because, you know, the Bible says, you know what, we love because he loved us first. Right. But you also brought up a point of it also depends on how you were raised. Right. And the experiences you have gone through, the, the trouble you've gone through when it comes to wrestling with love, because you may have you may have loved at some point and you have been betrayed or you've been hurt by that love. And so because of that, there's a more hesitancy to love. And I think that's why some people have a difficult time learning how to love God is because they don't know how to love in general. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, when, and, and I think a lot of that comes, comes down to like, you know, being able to love yourself and, yeah. and from there, once yeah. you, you are content and, 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 and can, it, can say, you know what, I am who I am because God established me as so. Right. And so I think there's, again, there's that conflict because like, yes, you know what, we need to learn how to love ourselves, but we need to learn to love ourselves by God loving us, mm. you know? And so there's that back and forth going on in my head where I'm like, yeah, you know what, it's like, is it one or the other or is it both and like working side by side to accomplish the end goal of what it means and what it looks like to love? Right. Yeah. I, those are some great observations. I think for me, you know, when I think about loving God with my heart, soul, mind, strength, you know, to me, it, it encompasses mm. everything. Mm. And, and it's this feeling for me that that actually goes deeper than just a feeling. It's really about commitment. Mm. It's about loyalty. It's about it's about action, and, and that's why I'm excited next week when we when we pick up uh, about loving neighbor, right? With that that connects these great commandments, uh, this great commandment, excuse me. Um, but it's it's to me it's it's action, and um, I, I one of the things I love about the description of relationship in the Bible that God has with human beings is a lot of times uh, you'll see more often than not that the Bible uses the language of marriage. Mm. Is the language of oneness, and so I think of, you know, my uh, my own marriage and, and my life and, and my wife and, and the commitment that I have for her and the love that I have for her and what that love looks like uh, between me and and my wife. And I just think about, you know, these actionable items, the things that I do, the things that I say, the way that I, 
that I, I act towards her. Um, and uh, understanding, right, that, that love is more than just a feeling, which I think is important. We've been talking about that, like this idea of right. this romantic type of love. And I think for some of us, that might be a whole new paradigm shift that we've mm -hmm. never thought about that. But, but it also means to me that um, love can't just stay on the feeling level, yeah. right. right? Like you, we, we've got to take that thing deeper. And um, I, I want to share this story that I think is powerful, that it might help us as we, as we kind of conclude uh, in just a moment our time together. But it's a story um, that's told uh, about a rabbi. Uh, his name is Rabbi Akiva. And he lived in the first century AD. Uh, and he was tortured to death publicly by the Romans for teaching uh, the Torah. Uh, teaching the Bible, the Old Testament. It was a time of saying uh, the morning Shema. And during the torture, his students heard him reciting the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I'm going to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. It says here, they heard him reciting the Shema instead of crying out in pain. His students called out to him, Teacher, even now? The dying rabbi explained, All my life, I've wondered about the phrase that says, love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your heart. Wondering if I would ever have the privilege of doing this. Now that the chance has come to me, shall I not grasp it with joy? He repeated the words of the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, the Lord alone, until his soul, until he was dead, left him. This is what Jesus was calling us to do and what he did himself. He loved the Lord and us with all his life until he breathed his last. And so as we kind of wrap up today, when you think of this love thing, this loving God with everything, I want to know today if, if you feel like, like you you love God with, with all your heart. Like, if you just look at your own life today and you just take a moment um, to think through what we've just talked about, um, do you feel like you can say with, with assurance today that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? I'm just I'm wondering, like, what are, mm. what are your thoughts to that today? In a general sense, yes. I definitely think, uh, you know... There's every part of my being as I go about my day. Yeah, in the profession that I'm in, like it's like you have to love God to to do ministry. You know, um, first of all, like there's there's not a whole lot of money in ministry, so you gotta love what you're doing, right? Um, but I I you know I think from my experiences that I've had with God, there's definitely been so much there's so much growth that that I've that I've been able to to go through. It's all trial by fire, you know, and I think the more you go through stuff, the closer your relationship can get, you know, um, you get refined through it. And, but I will say, I think there are seasons and, and I think this is in, in, in general for most people is you go in seasons where you are 100% in it mm -hmm. and this is all like, it's all consuming. And then there are moments where you take a step back and you, you struggle and, and, and you deal with it. Um, but I think I think what's beautiful is once you're able to go through that struggle with God, and because again it's like any other, it's like any other relationship, but it's the most important one, you know. And so for for myself as I I'm growing in my relationship with God, 
I'm learning more things about him every single day that I didn't know five years ago or, or even three years ago or even, you know, two days ago. Um, there are things that I'm learning every single day which are giving me a greater appreciation for my love for him and his love for me. That's good. How about you, bro? Yeah. Uh, piggyback off of Kevin, uh, I think it's seasons. There's moments where <clears throat> you're absolutely on fire for God in everything that you're doing. Uh, and then there's moments where, you know, you're not. But it doesn't mean that you stop loving God. Yeah. It's kind of exactly. like, was it Jeremiah who said, like, you know, I, I tried to, I told myself I'd never talk about you again. Mm -hmm. I, I told myself I would never, like, I was done with you because of, of the pain of just being human and doing ministry and, and not seeing any fruit of his yeah. labor. You know, I'm done. And then he's like, but it was like fire in my bones. Yeah. Jeremiah 29. <laughs> and I just couldn't. Like, I tried to shut up, and I couldn't. And I, I feel like that's me that, you know, now at, at 35, uh, and I really got serious about God at 15. It's when I really just all in for Jesus. And so 15, 35, how many years is that? I stink at math. 20. 20 years. I can't stop. Like, no matter, even if I try yeah. to, like, step away from him for a moment, you know, even if I go to like a, a bookstore, like why do I always go straight to the like, you know, the Christian yeah. section? Like why exactly. do I always like, you know, or if I'm out and I just meet a stranger and somehow we start talking about life, God, philosophy, why is it that you ask me a question about God and four hours pass by and it's like easy. Why? Because it's easy to talk about what you love, who yeah. you love. Yeah. And whatever you love, it's it's not difficult. And so I guess what I'm saying in long, long story short is I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I'll know exactly what it means to love God with all my heart, mind, mm -hmm. soul, strength, because I'm constantly becoming a different person every single day. Like I'm not who I was. I won't be who I am. I'm always becoming Joshua, Aaron, Rios. And, uh, and so I'm constantly discovering who God is. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, I think it's just an always going, always moving. That's a word, bro. That's yeah, I love that. I, I, I totally agree, man. I, I feel like, you know, uh, I've always had this, this sense that there's never a place that you can get in your walk with God where you can, you can say, I, I think that you can say you've reached, right. you know, what it means to love God with everything, heart, soul, mind, and strength. I think, I think we, every day, have these desires to go all in with God. And, and some days, as you mentioned, you may not be on that same level. But the thing I love most about God, or one of the things I love most about God, is that the powerful love of God woos me in and draws me in every day to want more and more and more. And I think maybe, just maybe, one of the signs that, that you have you have matured in your faith and in your love with God is that when things don't go right for you and when life sucks at times that you can still say, yeah, I love the Lord yeah. with all my heart, yeah. with all my soul and with all my strength. And some of you may not be on that level yet and that's okay, but it's to grow in such a way where where you get to the place like like this um, Rabbi Akiva was suffering and 
and you could just recite that thing, man. And that's where I want to be. I, I want to be in that place. So no matter what comes uh, in life, no matter what I deal with, no matter what struggles, I can, I can always say with a deep sincerity in my heart that I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And nothing can change that. Yeah. Nothing's going to take that away. Nothing is going to ever cause me to think any different, man. And, um, and you know, as, as believers, as Christians, we realize that the greatest demonstration of God's love for us um, is because it was God who loved us first, right? It was God who came down to us and his son Jesus and gave his life on the cross died for our sins, gave us hope forevermore. And so the only reason why we know what it means to love is because God himself loved us with everything he had. Mm -hmm. uh, with those mind, heart, soul, strength. That's, that's the way God loved us. And so I wonder if, if that would be a great barometer for us to start looking at the way God loves us and say, am I loving God like that? Mm -hmm and living my life that way. I want to end with, uh, with just this question maybe to, to give to our listeners and, and also see if you guys, what you guys think of this question here. But as you think through your activities last week, um, does God compete with an infinite number of other distractions mm. like sports, hobbies, investments, movies, Facebook, TV. And if that's the case, how can you reorient your life to focus on God? And I think that's, that's to me, part of the essence of this beautiful command is, does God have my full loving attention? Hmm. Is he really the apple of my eye? Is my thoughts centered around God? Um, Am I thinking about God more than I'm thinking about my next Instagram post? Is my life centered and rooted in just this focus of God? And, um, and I want that, man. I want that every day. Uh, it, and it seems like once we, once we prioritize this in our lives, it's just a great way to see life in a mm -hmm. whole new way. Like once we focus on this truth, man, of just allowing the love of God to be the most important part of our day and the most important part of our life. Well, what I would, well, I would, excuse me, what I would say about that is I feel like the reason why people have such a difficult time doing it is because God isn't the first thing on the, on the mind. And I think it, it falls alongside with, you know, how we tithe, right? And I think that this is the connection that I make is tithe is supposed to be of your first fruits, right? So before you touch anything else, that first fruit, that first bit of money that you should think about before you start paying bills, before you start, you know, putting things in your, in your savings account, in your investments, whatever, the first thing you do should be giving, putting that money and tithing, giving it back to God, right? So now let's, let's put that in a practical sense in our lives, right? When it comes to our relationship with him, most of the time what we end up doing, we, we go about our day and we go, you know, we're going to do A first, B first, C first, and then we get down to Z and it's like, all right, do I have any time left to set aside for God? Most of the time the answer is going to be no, 
right? If we if we look at it from that sense. Right. But again, if we're looking at it from a first fruits perspective, right? Before we do anything with our day, the first thing that we should turn to is God. And that sets a strong precedent for the rest of how your day is going to go, whether or not you will allow yourself to stay rooted in God throughout the day. Um, because I feel like for myself, I feel like I am more rooted in God throughout the day if I start my day with him. Right. Versus, uh, you know, going about my day and then at the end of the day, and it's like, all right, I'm going to make time for God because most of the time when I haven't started my day with God, I have a difficult time continuing my day having God in it. Yeah. So perhaps what you think about most and what's most on your mind is what you love the most and being able to reframe that. Yeah. Josh, any closing thoughts, man, for that? Yeah, no, just um, I think, you know, just in agreement with what you guys said. And I like what you said was focus. I think it's so hard to be. It's like, you know, if you're hanging out with somebody and they're always on their phone, mm. you're like, you know, obviously they may not say it. And they may not even believe it, but in that moment, the phone is more important than you and their and your time, right? It's like, are you really here? Are you even here, right? So I think it's the same thing with God that, and I don't know if it's that. I think we're all like creatures of habits and we become, we condition ourselves. I mean, I not even care about this dang phone, you know what I mean? But I've conditioned myself right. to what? Like the first thing I do when I wake up, check the phone, like, you know? check the phone check the phone it's like or check the email or check the whatever and so it's not because you necessarily absolutely love it but because we we form some really bad habits mm -hmm. in life mm -hmm. and then we get stuck and so sometimes it's not even a matter of it's it's not a matter of a heart thing but it's just a matter of like forming bad habits mm -hmm. yeah and recalculating so that here's the benefit like if i start a new habit not only is it a good habit but it'll help me actually love myself and God and others better yeah. when I start prioritizing my time. Yeah, perspective, man, everything. And, and so what a great opportunity and invitation for us and for those who are listening to prioritize our life around loving God. Yeah. And, and even for, for, for those who are, who are listening and watching today, just get into the place where, uh, what does that look like for me? How do, how, does that, how do I live that out best for Reuben or for Kevin or for Josh and really exploring that um, and, and just watch what God will do. Watch what your life will be. Watch how your life changes, how your perspective changes when you prioritize and make loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength the thing that, that you pursue, mm. the thing that you love, the thing that you desire first yeah. in, in your life. Um, I, I want to share this, this thought on the Shema, which is what we've been talking about, loving God. And I like the way um, this uh, author um, explains it, shares it, kind of translates it, um, and paraphrases it. I think it's great. It's uh, from a book called Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus. And uh, here's, what, here's what she says. Listen up, Israel. This is, again, paraphrasing Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 and 5. The Lord is your God, he and he alone. You should love him with every thought that you think. Hmm. Live every hour of every day for him. Be willing to sacrifice your life for him. Love him with every penny in your wallet and everything that you've got. Hmm. 
Yeah. It's good. I want to learn to love God like that. Amen. Hey, thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, we're going to be back at it next week. We're going to actually, we got, this is a part two series here, so we're going to spend some time. Josh will be back as well. Pastor Josh, and we're going to spend some time looking at what it actually means to live out that love to one another. Mm -hmm. So we would love for you to uh, subscribe to our podcast. We'd love for you to rate and give us five stars on our mm -hmm. podcast. We'd love to hear some feedback from you. Uh, but please join us again, and we will see you around the table next week. Have a great one. Thank you. Mm -hmm.